Hey, sweet friends, this is Andrea, and I'm your host for Inspire on the Go. I'm excited about the chance to talk about life, ministry, and our relationship with Jesus. I can't wait to see what God has in store. So grab a cup of coffee and join the conversation. Hey, everybody. I hope that you're doing really well today. I am so thankful to connect with you. I love connecting with you. It is one of my favorite things to be able to jump on here and to say hello and to encourage you with um, the Word of God. I love how God knits our hearts together through His Word. I love how He is always so intentional in the way that he works and the way that he moves. I love that we can trust him. I love that we can know him. I love that we can believe him, that we can tell others about him, uh, that we do not have to wander through our time on this earth wondering if God sees us, if he knows us, if he loves us, if he cares for us, that, that we can know our Savior lives and that we can, oh my goodness, that we can live with abandon uh, to the glory of his name. And so this journey through the story of Abraham has helped me. It has enriched my life. It has enriched my walk with the Lord. I've learned things. I've been reminded of things. Uh, and I pray that the same is true for you. We are on week number nine, our final week in the story and the life of Abraham, although we will come back to this material time and time and time again because what we see in the life of Abraham is foundational truths, transformational truths that provide a building block for us to continually build upon. And so I don't know about you, but the transforming truths and the the four key points each week. I'm going to go back to those time and time and time again and to really try to flesh those out in my life and to really make sure that my life is in alignment with God and His Word. And so as we come to this final week in our study, our intentional in-depth study on the life of Abraham, I'm a little bit emotional. Uh, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by the goodness of God. I'm overwhelmed by the sovereignty and the, the purposeful leading of God um, in our daily walks. I don't know about you, but for me, I needed to dig deep into the life of Abraham. I needed to see how God calls and how he provides and how he redirects and how he blesses and how he corrects and how he protects the promise and how he um, faithfully leads and, and, and just how all of it is from his heart, you know, that, that God saw Abraham, that God placed a call on Abraham's life, that God led the way. And even whenever Abraham gave up on the promise, God never gave up on him. Is that speaking to anybody today? Does anybody need to be reminded of the fact that God sees you? He knows you. He loves you. He has a plan for your life. He has not given up on you. And so uh, we celebrate these truths together. Um, it's been really great, great, great times in the Word of God over the last eight weeks, and today's going to be equally as challenging and equally as meaningful for us. And so I find myself just a little bit emotional as we, we come to this chapter in the Bible. Today, we're going to look at Genesis chapter 22. And if I asked you, um, tell me something that happened in Abraham's life, probably Genesis chapter 22 would come to mind. And this is the chapter where God calls Abraham. He tests Abraham uh, to take Isaac and to sacrifice him. And we're going to see how the story unfolds. And we're going to see the heart of God in the midst of all of it. But let me just say from the very beginning that the 
that the key points from today's passage, I think will really dig deep into our current everyday life. And that's the beautiful thing about the Word of God. It meets us right where we are. God's Word speaks truth into our life. God's Word is living and active. And so while this is an unusual story, we're going to see that the the takeaway truths, the key points and the transforming truths, that it is very applicable for us. And so as we come to this passage, which is hard to read, honestly, uh, which can be a little bit uh, overwhelming and confusing at times. I just, I just wish that I could, you know, interject myself into Abraham and Sarah's story at the point when this took place and just tell them to hang on um, because God is going to provide and he's going to provide in such a miraculous way. And everything about Genesis chapter 22, it points to our Savior. And, and that's what we need to understand, that God was telling a story, that God was setting the stage for his beautiful story of redemption. And all the way back in Genesis, um, all the way back to the very beginning of Genesis, and especially in Genesis chapter 3, whenever we see the fall uh, we need to know that everything that happens from that point on, God is setting the stage for the Messiah to come and to become flesh and to um, take on humanity and to live a sinless life so that Jesus could die in our place. And so we frame everything uh, in the context of, of God's gospel story. And so Genesis chapter 22 tells the story. Uh, we're not going to look at it from that perspective necessarily, although I think we'll come back to it around Easter time and, and look at it again. But today we're going to walk through Genesis chapter 22 from the perspective that we've been looking at um, the entire time as we've looked through the life of Abraham, and that is the perspective of trust. Uh, and I just I just want to ask you a quick question as we walk through, um, you know, the life of Abraham and 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 Sarah and now Isaac. And we've looked at it from the perspective of trust. I just wonder if God has developed in you a deeper trust um, when it comes to his work in and through your life. I, I pray so. I hope so. Uh, we've talked about how in order to build a trust, we have to understand the character, the ability, the strength, and the truth of God so that we can place our confidence in him. And as I look at the life of Abraham, one thing that is continually on display is God's character, his ability, his strength, and his truth. And so um, as we end this study on the life of Abraham, and we're going to jump into a study on Philippians 4, 6, and 7, where we really dig deep into uh, the, the definition of trust and what trust looks like as applied to our life, let's let the story of Abraham set the stage for that. Uh, because the story of Abraham, and this is the second thing that, that I think I would say about you know my time and our time here in the Word of God, is that um, demonstrated faith is not always feel-good faith, and it's not always Instagram-worthy. You know, real faith, demonstrated faith, is, is faith that hangs on in the ups and the downs, the twists and the turns, the good and the bad, the the, the, the beautiful and the not so beautiful parts of life. And so what we see over the course of Abraham's life from Genesis 12 all the way to Genesis chapter 22 and beyond is real faith. It, we see demonstrated faith. We see obedient faith. We see faith that is, you know, present in the moment, whether it's on the mountaintop or in the valley. And so we just need to be reminded of that, that life is not about an Instagram post. It is not about um, being, you know, perfectly 
put together, it's it's real and it's authentic and sometimes it's just a little bit messy and, and a little bit hard. And so we're gonna see that. And, and as we finish this study of Abraham's life and we move into a study on Philippians 4, 6, and 7, which is gonna really challenge us to present our hard and our messy and our non-Instagram worthy pieces of life to the Lord to the point of surrender, then we have this strong foundation through the life of Abraham to say, you know what? God's economy has always been real economy. It's always been surrendered economy. It's always been step-by-step um, -step faith economy. It's not always pretty. It's not always easy. It's not always, you know, easily tied up with a bow, but rather it's real, it's deep, it's organic, and it's life-changing. And so, the faithfulness of God in the midst of the struggles, in the midst of the journeys, in the midst of the ups and the downs reminds us that God is real and God is present and God is worthy to be praised. Uh, the next thing I think about when I think about just being a little bit emotional today as I look at and as we look at Genesis chapter 22 is Isaac. You know, he was a real person. And when this story takes place, he's older. I think in our minds, we envision a little boy who is unaware of what's happening. But Isaac was a young man. Um, he was uh, someone who knew what it meant to sacrifice to the Lord. He knew the processes and he knew the steps. And that's why he asked the questions that he asked in Genesis chapter 22. And so just think about what's going on in his mind. His, I would think that his whole life he had been cared for. He had been um, specifically pampered and loved and protected because of the journey uh, that Abraham and Sarah took in order to have him. And, and I'm sure his mind was just racing like why and how and where and when, but he trusted the father. He trusted his dad, Abraham, and he, he followed his dad even into that unusual and uncomfortable and unknown place. And so I think there's a lesson in that, even in that for us. And so we're going to pray and we're going to jump into Genesis chapter 22. And we're going to see four key points leading us to our transforming truth. And I pray that these four key points will speak to you. I pray that the transforming truth will speak to you. And I pray for anybody, and this is where I can get emotional, anybody anybody listening to this video who is afraid of God and is afraid of the work of God and is unsure if they can lay their life on the altar, I pray today that this would set the stage for freedom, that we would process this passage of scripture, not through the lens of what could have happened, but what actually did happen, and that we will see that God showed up and that he provided a lamb. Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you for who you are, and we thank you that you are worthy to be praised. We thank you that you are with us, that you are for us, God, and that nothing about our life takes you by surprise. I thank you for that, Jesus. I thank you that this world is not our home. I thank you, Lord, that you are, are, are always moving according to your plans and your purposes, Father, and that you hang on to us even when we tend to let go. And so, God, I ask that over 
over the next couple of minutes as we look at Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 14, that you would plant these four truths deep in our hearts and deep in our minds, and that you would help us to embrace this transforming truth and to see your work through the lens of what actually happened, God, and that we would silence the lies of the enemy over allowing our minds to to process what could have been so that we can see what actually was. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so Genesis chapter 22, we're going to see four key points leading to our transforming truth, picking up in verse 1 of Genesis 22. We're going to look at this one verse, and that will lead us to our first key point. Genesis 22, verse number 1 says, some time later. So some time passed in between Genesis 21, which is when um, Isaac was born, and whenever the promise came to fulfillment, and there was a lot of things that happened um, through the course of Genesis chapter 21. There are a lot of different things that happened. Uh, Isaac begins to grow up and he becomes a young man. And then Genesis 22 takes place. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. Okay, so let's start right there with our very first key point. Refined faith is obedient faith. All right, so we see that God showed up and called Abraham by name. I love the fact that we see consistency in the way that God works in the life of Abraham, and we see consistency in the way God works in our life. And here's where uh, we see that in Genesis 22, verse 1. Sometime later, God tested, tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, Abraham replied. So we see that God shows up. He calls Abraham by name. Never forget that God initiates encounter and we have the opportunity daily to respond in obedience and faith. The purpose of this encounter is very clear in Genesis 22.1. It was to test Abraham. And so immediately we can go, hang on, what's that about? Like, why would God test Abraham at this point? In order for us to answer that question, we need to understand the word test that is used in the original Hebrew. The word test, it means to try or to prove, and it carries this notion of refinement. And so we've talked time and time again about how we, as we journey through our time here on this earth, that we go through this process of sanctification. It's the process of becoming more like Jesus and less like this world. And so this is a moment where God is refining. He is proving. He is testing. He is trying Abraham's faith. Why? Because a refined faith is an obedient faith. It is a faith that says, yes, Lord, even before we all, you know, we know all the details. It is a life that is lived to God, with God, for God, through God, and it is a life that brings glory um, to, to the Lord. And so we see that this, this concept of testing, it is a part of of our walk with the Lord. Some of us right now may be saying, I'm, I'm, I'm enduring a test. I'm enduring a time of sanctification. I'm enduring, um, you know, a, a difficult season, a hard season. And so we need to understand what is God doing in those moments? Because if, if we're not careful, we'll think, you know, that God isn't good or we'll think that we're in trouble or that we did something bad or that, you know, we can't trust God. And, and the, honestly, the opposite is true. This 
word test that's used in Genesis 22 verse 1, it carries the idea of refining the quality of someone or something, and it usually happens through some kind of stressful circumstance. God refines those he loves to see if they will remain loyal and faithful to him, if they will live in obedience to him. The heart of God was not to hurt Abraham or to hurt Isaac or to hurt Sarah. God was not trying to trip Abraham up or to nullify the promise. Rather, God was showing Abraham how much he had grown. God was showing him, look, Abraham, your faith is real. Look, Abraham, we've been on this journey together and you have been changed. You have been transformed. You do trust me. You are willing to respond in obedience and faith. Uh, we need to know that the, the outcome of Genesis chapter 22, it was never in question in God's heart or mind. He knew what was going to happen. He knew what he was going to do. And so the process was just as much for Abraham as it was anyone else. Um, through this testing process, we know that Abraham's faith was continually fortified. And he had the opportunity to demonstrate obedient faith. And so these are just parts of the times of our walks with God, whenever we dig deep in our, into our faith, uh, we move away from our emotions and we line up with God, his word, and his, his work in and through our lives. Um, when we're in this type of season where we're experiencing testing and, and proving, uh, whenever we are in a difficult situation, uh, we need to know that our, our faith has the opportunity to be deepened as we respond in obedience and faith. We also need to know that when we can't see the, the hand of God, we're not sure what he is doing. We can trust the heart of God during that time, that he is good, that he's loving, and that he works according to his plans and his purposes, and that we can trust him. Whenever we trust him, we navigate these seasons, we weather these seasons with faith and with obedience, and we, we hold on to what we do know, and that is that God is good, and that God is worthy to be praised, and that we can trust him with our lives. And so um, we need to just talk about it. We just need to talk about the fact that Abraham tested, or that God tested Abraham, and that Abraham was gonna pass this test, and that whenever we know those tests are coming, and we're fortified in truth, then we're going to weather those tests as well. And on the other side of it, we're going to know God at a deeper level. We will have experienced God at a deeper level. So all of this helps us to run to God in the midst of the testing instead of running away from God. And so this is so important. There's a statement that I put at the end of your point number one on your notes. And so here's what I said. This is why it is so important for us to run to God during the hard times with a trusting heart instead of running away from God uh, because of doubt with a doubting heart. In the midst of testing, do we have a trusting heart or a doubting heart? Um, and the, the truth of the matter is sometimes we experience some of both, but every day we have the opportunity to hit the reset button and to start fresh and to say, Lord, today in the midst of testing, in the midst of proving, in the midst of you and your goodness and grace deepening my 
um, obedience and my knowledge of you, I'm just going to remain and I'm going to stay put in this testing process. I'm not going to run from it. I'm going to remain in it. It reminds me of John chapter 15, uh, where Jesus is saying, I'm the vine and you're the branch. You know, remain in me as I remain in you. And apart from me, you can do nothing. And in that remaining or that abiding process, there's pruning that takes place. There's cutting away of the things that don't matter. There's cutting away of the things that are distractions that suck our energy and suck our focus. And as that pruning process, which sometimes is a testing or a hard process happens, we become even more fruitful to the Father's glory. And so... We have to understand that there are these times in our walk with God where we will be tested and that God always provides a way. He always provides a way just like he's going to provide in this situation. He's providing in your situation. Uh, You know, God is not going to put you into a situation of testing or of pruning and then leave you there to try to figure it out on your own. No, he's providing for your obedience every single step of the way. So the very first point is this, is that refined faith is obedient faith. Refined faith is tested faith. Refined faith is proven faith. Refined faith is faith that leads to outcomes that bring glory to the Father as we bear fruit for Him. So let's stay in there. Let's stay in that test. Let's stay in that moment and let's obey God no matter what. Okay, point number two. Always worship in the moment. We're going to see this in verses two through five. So let's continue with the story. So God showed up on the landscape of Abraham's life. He spoke to Abraham uh, by calling his name. Abraham responded and said, here am I, verse two. Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Okay, so we see worship in the moment. The test was clear. Abraham was told to take his son, his only son, Isaac, the one that he loved. I'm sure Abraham was like, yes, I know. I do love him. Take him and sacrifice him uh, on the mountain, on the place that I will show you. Uh, Can you imagine that moment in Abraham's life whenever he heard that clear call from the Lord? Abraham loved Isaac and the path to having Isaac had been long and it had been hard. Yet when called by God, Abraham got up early the next morning and he set out to that place that God was going to show him. He knew what they were going there to do. Uh, the intent was to sacrifice Isaac. Um, and, and, and Abraham obeyed. He responded in, in obedience to that particular call on his life. He took his servants with him. He got to one particular place where he left his um, servants and he and Isaac went up to that mountain in order to worship the Lord together. But did you notice what Abraham said to his servants. He said, you stay here. My son and I are going up to the mountain to worship the Lord together, and then we are coming back. Abraham knew that even if, even if 
he had to sacrifice his son Isaac that God was able to bring Isaac back from the dead. That, my friends, is faith. That, my friends, is obedience. That, my friends, is belief and trust that changes the direction of our life, that moves beyond the circumstances and moves into God's ability, God's strength, God's character, and God's truth in the midst of our broken situations. And that becomes a form of worship. And so what did um, Abraham called this moment in his life and Isaac's life, he called it worship. And so let's talk just a little bit about worship. The Hebrew word for worship that's used in this passage means to prostrate oneself. The word denotes or an act of respect before um, a, a person of, of significance. Uh, it signifies submission. The term is used especially in the sense of worshiping a deity and signifies to honor God with your prayers. Worship provides a right perspective as we see God as God. Abraham knew that no matter what happened on that, that mountain, on Moriah, that, um, that God was gonna take care of it and that he and Isaac were coming back down that mountain. So we see here that this faith is um, real and that it had it had permeated Abraham's mind, it had permeated his thoughts, it had permeated his feelings to the point that he was he was trusting and he was believing. So what about us? What do we what do we think about? What does this look like in the midst of our, you know, overwhelming situations, in the hard moments, in the foggy moments, in the unsure moments? We need to have the same attitude as Abraham. We need to worship. Always worship in the moment. If you are in a situation where you don't know what to do, let me suggest this to you, worship God. If you are in a situation where you're not sure the next step, worship God. If you are in a situation that is hard and you are afraid, worship God. Always worship in the moment. Always prostrate yourself before him. Always worship him by, by lifting him up uh, and by having his perspective on the situation, by allowing faith to shape your thoughts and, and your feelings and your actions. All right, so uh, the third thing that we're going to see is that hard is hard even when it is right. And this is where it gets a little bit tricky, starting in verse 6. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried with him the fire and the knife. As the, as the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied, the fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. So we see that, Isaac is like taking all of this in. He's looking around and he's like, okay, we've got the wood, we've got the fire, but where is the lamb? And, you know, I just think about Abraham for this moment. And even though he trusted and even though he know he believed, I mean, this had to be just gut-wrenching for him. Like in his in his mind, he had to be talking to God and it's like, are we really doing this? Is this, is this really gonna happen, Lord? And, and how are you gonna provide and how are you going to fix this? And like, I just don't know if you've ever had a situation where whether it's with your child or whether it's with somebody else, or maybe it's just yourself, but you, you've got this lump in your throat as you're trying to like 
walk around it and as you're trying to talk around it to do the right thing, but yet there's just this overwhelming feeling of, oh my goodness, this is so hard. And I just want to recognize that because I think the Word of God recognizes that, you know, that hard is hard even when it's right. And so uh, let's talk just a little bit about hard and then we're going to see how this particular um, situation comes to resolution. Uh, Whenever I think about hard, I think about something that requires a great deal of effort. Like what is going on in your life right now that requires a great deal of effort? And whatever that is, just know that God sees you in that. Just know that he, he, is, um, he is tender to you in that area of your life. And so you can keep your eyes on him and you can do the right thing in it. But even in the midst of experiencing some emotions about it, just know that he loves you and that he sees you and that he is providing for you. So let's see how God provides in this situation. Uh, verse 8, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on from there. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac, laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on that boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. So when you think about the fact that it it, it was like Abraham had to take Isaac and bound him up. Abraham had to lay him on the altar. Abraham had to raise that knife. And it was in that moment that the angel of the Lord stopped him. That was complete obedience in that moment because God never intended for Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. God always intended to provide that lamb or that ram. And so what I think we can take from that is that as we push through our hard in the right way, even with a lump in our throat and with tears streaming down our face, God meets us there and he provides. And like, we don't always know where he's going to meet us and how he's going to meet us and how that's going to work out in our process, but we can see that he does that that he shows up and that he provides at just the right time. And so hard is still hard, even when it is right. But hard, when it is done right, leads to the provision and the presence and the power of God. So if you're in the middle of your hard, keep walking it in obedience and faith and watch God show up and provide the fourth point God provides the lamb. In this situation, it was a ram. So not completely a lamb, but you get the parallel because a day was coming when God would provide Jesus, who was the lamb of God, who would take away the sins of this world. Verse 13, Abraham looked up and there in the thicket, he saw a ram caught by his horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day, it is said on that mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. It is believed that the place where Abraham sacrificed Isaac or was willing to sacrifice Isaac was very near the place where Jesus sacrificed his life. 
uh, on our behalf. God always paints a picture of his provision and his grace and his mercy. So God showed up and he provided a lamb. Uh, when I was, uh, whenever I was a young mom and I had my little boys and I would rock them to sleep at night, I would think about this story and I would wonder how did Abraham do it? I mean, how did he do it? Like I was young, I was emotional, I was processing the story from a completely different perspective, but I remember rocking my babies and secretly hoping God would never ask me to lay my Isaac down. I was secretly hoping that I would never have to, in a sense, put them on the altar. Um, boy, was I so wrong in that desire. And, and here's why I was so wrong. I came at this story from the perspective of what could have happened instead of what actually did happen. And so I thought what could have happened is that Abraham would have had to sacrifice his son and then that would have been the most difficult and hard thing of his life ever. And that he would have waited all this time to have a son and then, you know, the son would be taken from him. And even that perspective shows such a lack of trust in God and such a lack of trust of understanding what our time on this earth is all about. Instead of looking at it from that perspective, I should have looked at it from the perspective of what actually did happen, that God showed up and that God provided and that in that moment, there was so much grace lavished all over Abraham's life that he believed God, that he trusted God, that he knew God, and that he was gonna live his life for God. And so one thing that I have learned over the years is that God is faithful to provide grace in the moment. And that grace is God's supernatural work in our life. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense, which is applied to our lives through salvation, but which is continually applied in and through our lives as we meet challenges and that we're fortified in faith and belief instead of doubt and fear. And when we're fortified in belief and in truth, then we know that God is with us, that we know that God is for us and we know that God is gonna provide a way. And the grace in that moment fortifies us to meet that heart or meet that challenge, not in our strength, but in God's strength. So if you are like me and you've looked at this story and you've thought, a million times over, I hope that never happens to me. I wonder if we could have a different perspective where we would say, if and when that test comes, I know whom I believe and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've entrusted to him against that day. I know my God. I love my God. I'm going to serve my God. I'm going to trust my God. And I'm going to know that he is going to show up at just the right time in the middle of that hard. And he's going to provide exactly what I need. Why do I know that? Because he already has. He sent his son, Jesus. And because Jesus came to this earth, he lived, died, and he rose again. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of this world, that we can place our faith in him for the forgiveness of sins, that we can move from spiritual death to spiritual life, that the Spirit of God resides inside of us, that we can have life-changing power that is demonstrated faith, that is obedient faith, that is proven faith, that we can come out of our hard situations on the other side and we can say, I worship the Lord in the midst.
midst of them. I sought the Lord and I found him and he delivered me from all of my fears. So in the midst of your heart, in the midst of your refining moments, will you lay down your Isaac knowing that God has already made a way. He is completely in control and that without a doubt, he is good. As you do, you will experience grace in that moment. Whatever the heart is, the grace of God, the power of God will be stronger and will literally flow through you as you lay that Isaac down and you say, I know my God will provide and I'm going to worship him through this moment. And as I do, he's going to show up and he's going to do more than what I can ask, what I can imagine, what I can formulate in my finite thinking. My sovereign, providential, purposeful God is going to show up on the scene because he is charting the story he always has been and he always will be. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And friends, we can trust him. Lord, we love you. And we praise you and we thank you for this story, the story of Abraham, the story of Isaac, the story of Sarah. Lord, the faith that was demonstrated, the faith that was tested, the faith that was proven, and the transformation that happened along the way. That You took this pagan man that you called out of a foreign land and that you brought him uh, to, to your land to be the father of your people. And the journey was long, Lord, but the provision and the presence was real every single step of the way. Lord, I thank you for the picture of obedience that we see in the life of Abraham that demonstrated faith is obedient faith. And that demonstrated obedient faith always worships in the moment. And that as we worship in the moment, hard is hard, but when it's right, we push through it because we know that you have and will provide exactly what we need. So God, fortify us in trust, fortify us in strength, fortify us in truth to lay our Isaac down. And as we lay our Isaac down, may we have the perspective, that God-sized perspective of not what could have been, but what actually was. And that that is that every step of the way, you were good, you were sovereign, you were purposeful, you were intentional, and you were fulfilling a plan that you have called us to be a part of. And may we live for that plan to be furthered through our lives. John chapter 15, it is to the Father's glory that we bear much fruit, showing ourselves to be your disciples. And so God, sink these truths into our life and help us to be changed and transformed because we have met with you. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I love you, friends. We're going to talk about it this week, and then we're going to move on to a new study on Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. I hope today's episode helps you embrace the full free abundant life that God provides. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to Inspire on the Go. If you would like more encouragement to help you grow in your faith, visit my website at andrealennonministry.org. Come back next time and enjoy another episode of Inspire on the Go.